Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. Did you know that on jamesmillerlifeology.com, you can enroll in the academy I created for listeners just like you? I've created courses you may take at your own pace, which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Enroll in one of the classes today. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to help you clear out your thoughts and emotions so you don't carry it around for the rest of the day. I'll also be interviewing Kevin Murphy, who discusses his book, The Three Rooms, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. This book uses simple yet profound imagery to help you focus on your present moment rather than your past or hypothetical future. For more information about Kevin, please visit thetherooms.com. You may also purchase this book on Amazon or in the store under previous guest's product at jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology. Are you struggling today to find your purpose? Has mediocrity set in and you can't imagine doing the same thing for the rest of your life? Are your relationships struggling or you aren't sure how to make long lasting changes in your life? Then today, contact me, James Miller. I will help you recognize the areas in your life that are going really well. And then we'll look at the areas in which you are struggling. We will create actionable solutions to help you create long lasting changes in your life. You don't have to do this alone. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out the form and it will be sent directly to me. Don't let another day go by without finding way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. Creating scales for yourself. There's nothing worse than coming home from a long day of work and finding that you're still really angry about something that happened at nine o'clock in that morning. It's really important for each of us to separate between what we feel emotionally versus what our body does physically. And when we don't do that, unfortunately, we lump together all of the different stressors that happen throughout the day, and we're not able to clear out the emotional situations that we've struggled with all day. One thing I really like my clients to do is to create two scales for themselves. And those of you who listen to James Miller Lifeology for a while know that I like to really have you practice this all the time. The reason why you create two different scales for yourself, because it's important to recognize that your emotions can sometimes dictate what your body does. Now, we've heard before that whatever you perceive to be true determines what you feel. What you feel determines what your body does. For example, if I wake up and I'm really depressed, let's say I had a really bad emotional struggle and I wake up the next morning and I just don't want to get out of bed and I lay in bed all day and I say, I have no energy or I slack on my responsibilities that day. That is an emotional struggle. That's not a physical struggle. When we allow our perception and our emotions to dictate what our body does, usually that's done in a negative way. So when we create these two scales for ourselves, it helps us separate between what our thoughts and our emotions are telling our body to do versus what our body is physically doing. Conversely, in that previous example I gave, if I woke up and I have the flu, well, obviously I'm gonna stay in bed because I physically can't do something. So when we allow our thoughts or emotions to dictate the physical capabilities of our body, unfortunately, we're doing ourselves a disservice. 
So going back to these scales, two different scales on a scale of one to 10. 10 is the best you're feeling and one is the worst you're feeling. Create these two scales for your thoughts and your emotions. So for example, for me, on a scale of one to 10, I'm feeling probably about a seven. I had some really good news today. And so I'm feeling really excited about it. So therefore, I know that I'm in a great mood and I can really focus on the responsibilities that I have today. Conversely, I just flew in from a consulting trip and I probably got about four hours of sleep. So my body is probably about a four, pretty sleepy, but I'm still pressing through the different things I need to do. One of the reasons why it's important to check in with yourself, and I would say probably every four hours, is because you can ask yourself, how am I feeling? So on an emotional scale, one to 10, if you find that your thoughts and your emotions number is starting to go lower, you have to ask yourself, well, what's happened in the past four hours or whenever you checked in with yourself last, that's caused my numbers to be down. And when you can recognize what that is, then you say, okay, well, I need to take responsibility. What am I going to do next about that? Because if you don't release whatever you're struggling with, you're going to carry it through to the next time you check in. And if you don't let that go, then you're going to keep carrying it with you all throughout the day. So when you can learn to check in, release whatever you're experiencing, take responsibility and say, I'm going to let that go and not hinder me for the rest of my day. And then as you check in with your body, you'll know what you can physically do versus what your thoughts and your emotions tell you to do. When you frequently practice this, you'll find that you don't drag through the day carrying things that may have happened earlier in the day or even the day before. It allows you to reset, to rethink what you need to do and helps you be much more functional and much more successful. So make sure you create these two scales. And I would recommend as you start this, check in with yourself every four hours and let go of any of the negative situations you're experiencing. A quick example of one of the courses you'll find in the academy entitled Spirit, Mind, Body, The Perfect Triad. This non-religious course helps you understand how your intuition, or rather your gut, your logic, and your body all work together to help you overcome any obstacle you may face. Enroll in the class today. My guest today is Kevin Murphy, a former Wall Street managing director. He felt called to step away from the corporate world in order to bring forth a book that would draw attention to a concept that became very clear to him during quiet periods of reflection and meditation. He's here today to discuss his book, The Three Rooms, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. This book uses simple yet profound imagery to help you focus on your present moment rather than your past or hypothetical future. Welcome to my show, Kevin. Thank you very much, James. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. I always like to get people's origin stories. How did you go from a former Wall Street managing director to a self-help author? I mean, that's that seems like it's quite a change. Um, it, it, it definitely is a shift. And, you know, I spent 33 years on Wall Street with one firm, but it was really a combination of six different firms through mergers of different companies. And through each merger, you find out a lot about yourself um, as well as other people um, and other people's behaviors, and especially when they're dealing with adversity. And I think through that, and, and also I've always had this curiosity about why certain people always seem so happy, even though it appeared that they have so little, and other people appeared so unhappy, even though it seemed like they had so much. And, and I think that ultimately led to the, the premise of the three rooms, you know, which is really that our experience of life is not based on what we have or sure. what we do. It's based on what we think. And our thoughts can only be in one of three places. They can be in the past or the past room, the future or the future room, the present, or the present room. And whichever room your thoughts are in determines your experience of life in that moment. 
I really like that because in psychology we have cognitive behavioral therapy, or which, uh, and then we have a derivative of that, which is rationally motivated behavioral therapy. So what what that basically states is whatever you perceive to be true determines what you feel. What you feel determines what you do. And so maybe inadvertently you were using even a methodology of this, and they didn't even realize it because it's so true what you say. Your thoughts determine your feelings, which determine what you do. And so regardless of what, where we are in life, what we have in life, what we really focus on determines our present moment. So I'm really excited to look at this from a psychological standpoint, as well as from the quote lay person, which doesn't diminish your role because you did a fantastic job with this. But I really want to link these two together to help people understand from a psychological standpoint, as well as a very practical standpoint with a very powerful imagery that you use and how this can really change their life. How did you come about the three rooms? Well, it's, you know, it, it's interesting. You know, five years ago, this show would have seemed very unlikely. Um, <laughs> but then I started getting a premonition that I was going to write a book. And really? Okay. It, inc- it included an image of three doors. You know, one was labeled the past and one the present and one the future. And then those doors eventually became three rooms as I kept describing the places our thoughts go behind the doors. And I think what was most interesting to me was that early on, I wrote down 10 chapters to the book, and those chapters never changed. And over the next three years, while I was uh, commuting back and forth to the city, I kept writing down thoughts and ideas and filling them into different parts of the book. Mm. Sometimes they came from movies or songs, and other times it was just life experiences. And, you know, this goes into the chapter on the past room, and this is talking about, you know, the stress that we're in the future room. And I would literally write, you know, on the Long Island Railroad or on subways and, you know, on the treadmill and the gym in the morning. And eventually all the chapters were filled in. And then I realized... I needed to publish the book. Yeah, exactly. That That is amazing. You know, I have a very, I guess, uh, we all have creative minds. But for me, when I think of these rooms, I, I think of an actual room, past, present, and future. I'm just curious, do you actually have people describe what their rooms look like so it could really flesh that out for them? Because the more fleshed out it is, the more they can really recognize what room they're in. Sure. And I think it's, and you know, it is each room is associated um, with an emotion. And I think really, you know, if you think of the, the tagline for the book is change your thoughts, change your life. But it's really about change your emotion to change how you feel. You change your life. But our thoughts have the biggest effect on our emotions. Mm-hmm. But it's really, you know, it's really the combination of the two. And we can see a lot of people um, that we just know they're based on if they seem angry or resentful with things, they might not even realize it, that they're thinking about things from the past that have happened, and there was a strong emotion that was linked to that event or what someone said or what happened, and every time they see that person or there's a reminder, they relive those, those negative emotions. And just like in the future, you know, for um, stress and, and the negative emotions that you can feel about thinking about something that has yet to happen and you're thinking about worst case scenarios, you know, that's those, you know, relate to negative emotions, too. So people tend to get stuck in either room. And if you think about it, you can you know, kind of point out people, well, this person's is always, you know, angry or he's always going back and recalling things that, you know, that happen or calling you out on things you said a while back. I mean, they're constantly stuck there in the past room mm-hmm. or other people. We just know this and people are just constantly worrying about what happens if this happens, you know, what about this? And, and you can just see that they're, they're stressed. And so coming into the present room, is really aligning with that higher self that we all have. And you can look at it from a science standpoint, 
getting kind of stuck in the wrong rooms, or you can look at it from a spiritual standpoint. But it's it's really about you know being aware of your thoughts because mm-hmm. you know we hear more and more things about you know mindfulness and living in the present and being in the now, um, and they all pertain to the conscious awareness of our thoughts. So the more people understand how important it is to monitor our thoughts. Um, the better. And the problem is we just don't do a very good job at it. How do you present someone who, or how would you, I guess, describe someone who is in the present room? Someone who um, views life, who's appreciative of life mm-hmm. and who expresses gratitude. There's someone who is always upbeat, happy, you know, feeling positive. And, you know, the, you know, the, the, the Pollyannas are those optimistic people Sometimes they, you know, they, they, uh, you know, make you crazy. Always, always so happy. And you know, why is that? I've been accused and of that. <laughs> because just like we can get stuck in the past room, you can get stuck in the future room, and that's really, you know, where you want to be. So it does all, you know, stem with your thoughts. And I look at, you know, your thoughts coming from that I am, like how you describe yourself, the great I am, and whatever you put after it. So in the, in the, let's just say your desire is is health and happiness and wealth and um, someone in the present room is saying i am happy and i am healthy and i am wealthy someone in the in the past room or the future room they're getting all their feedback from other people from everything they see and hear from outside and it's turning into i am not and that's how they start to define themselves. Looking as a deficit as opposed to what they truly do have. Correct. And so when you start saying, I am not, or I cannot in the future, then those lead to the negative emotions. And so the person who's in the present room is already saying, I am. And I am healthy, as if it's already happened. And they're expecting it. And when you're saying, I am not, or I cannot, now you start doubting it. Mm-hmm. And now you're preventing that desire from coming into your life. Well, a lot of the times what I like to really explain people, I'm sure many people on my, on my show or have listened to my show here when you talk about this is, it's like you bring a coin to your eye. The closer you bring a coin to your eye, that's all you see. So if you bring negativity or fear or anxiety closer to your eye, that is going to be all you see because your eyes simply focus on what is literally in front of you. So if I'm looking at everything from I cannot, or this is how my life was always going to be, whatever it was in the past, or this uh, this catastrophizing my future, then that really is how I'm going to live my life. And that's how it's going to be presented to the world. And unfortunately, I'm not going to be in control of it because I'm allowing these emotions or these thoughts to derail my own self-will, my own destiny, or just even my own um, desire to make a change because I've allowed things to rule my life. Exactly. And, and you, I, James, I think you hit it right on the head. It's, you know, when you're in the present room, you're allowing what you, how you feel, those positive emotions to affect what you see and hear. In the past, if you're stuck in the past or future room, you're really allowing everything you see and hear to affect how you feel. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get better at, you know, consciously monitoring your thoughts, you just need to ask yourself a simple question. Where am I? Or in other words, where are my thoughts? Yeah. Or even better yet, which room are my thoughts in? Mm-hmm. Because anyone can tell you where you are on the outside, but only you can answer where you are on the inside. And if you think about it, just by answering the simple question, which room are my thoughts in? 
you have to be aware of your thoughts. Mm-hmm. You certainly and do. That awareness or that consciousness is what we want to keep connecting with all through the day. You know, it's kind of like meditation, but it's not just meditation in the morning, which is so important. If that's your kind of meditation all through the day, just asking that simple question, which reconnects you to that consciousness that all the mystics always talked about. That's what we want to connect with. Well, a lot of it has to do with the narrative that you create, this internal narrative that's always happening below the surface. And when you can tap into that to say, well, like, for example, using your imagery, what room am I in that really allows you to navigate that to be in the in quote the room that you'd like to be in. So if I if I tap into the narrative that I'm thinking about every day or every moment, I'm the one who's actually leading that as opposed to my thoughts going astray or situations dictating which room I'm in. For example, if someone says something to me which reminds me of of something that happened to me, you know, last last year sometime, then yeah, of course my thoughts are going to go back to that, which then, as we've said before, even using this rationally motivated behavioral therapy that I talked about earlier, it causes you to then feel a certain way in your feelings and cause your body to react a certain way. So I really like how you use your methodology and then how I link the psychology part of it as well to really help people understand that your thoughts are much more powerful than you think. Um, and with that, it's it's... It can be from the most basic thought to the most profound thought, but every thought leads us to the next thought and the next thought and the next thought. But pretty soon, if we haven't stopped and take, taken stock of that, we, have, we may find ourselves in a completely different direction than what we thought. You know, if I, if I start out my day in a really positive, happy mood, and at the end of the day, I'm so mad and so angry, well, somewhere <laughs> during my day, my thoughts were derailed and I didn't catch it. And unfortunately, I've allowed myself to maybe go in the past or in the future, uh, future room, and therefore, I not, have not been able to enjoy or be as productive as I'd like to be. But, you know, you make a great point in that all through the day, we are going to have things that keep you know, bringing us back into the past, reminding us of negative emotions or things in the future that you know, remind us of negative emotions. And it's not about not ever going back there and reliving those or not going forward. No one's, no one's perfect that can always be in the present room. It's just limiting the amount of time you go there. And right. once you have that thought and you have that negative emotion, then if you're aware of it, and once again, just asking all day, like, where are my thoughts? Which room am I in all through the day? Then you're simply going to get back into the present room quicker. Yes. And, and I think that's a really important part because it doesn't matter how long you've stayed in a room. Like, for example, your, your past or future room, it can easily change within a thought. You can bring yourself back to it. And what we realize is that as soon as you change your thought, then everything falls in line with it. Everything in your, in your immediate internal self changes to redirect and reflect whatever your whatever your conscious thought is. And that I think is a, is a very encouraging thing because it doesn't matter if I struggled all day today, I can simply change my current state of mind, this current being, simply by changing my thoughts. Yes, and, and making this, the, the concept of the three rooms is to make it so simple because we have whatever that is, 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day. Mm-hmm, do, yeah. which, if you're going to try to you know, monitor every single one of them, you just can't. There's no way. So <laughs> simply putting them in three different buckets and basing it on how you feel then it just makes it simple and then it makes it easier to come back into the present. Yeah. How have you found, you know, since this book has been released, how have you found that it's really helped people really be conscious of their thoughts? Well, I think in, in a number of ways. And I've had people say to me, so let me get this right, Kevin. It's not about not leaving the present room. It's about moving back quicker. And, and I said, that's, that's exactly Yes, it. exactly. And, and I, have a, I have a good friend who... Um, through other friends, they said, you should really give this book to this person. 
and we gave it to him. And he had told me, he said, you know, Kevin, I'm reading the book, and um, he goes, I've been holding on to stuff for a really long time. And so I think it's, he goes, I'm just starting into it, but I've got through the, the chapter on the past term, and it's really helping me. And later on, my friends who, you know, gave him the book said, um, did you hear, did you hear what he said? Is, have you talked to him yet? I said, no. He said, well, he hasn't talked to his brother for 10 years. Oh, wow. And after reading the book and realizing he was just stuck in the past room, his thoughts were there and he had negative emotions like it was, and they were so strong that he couldn't let it go. And then he realized the longer he stayed and, and stayed in that room, it was really hurting him much more than it was hurting his brother. And he had to let it go. And, and that's why it's the, it's the powerful emotions. And, and you can't, it's easy to just say, okay, I get it. I'm going to forgive him. And you can say that, but it's, every time you think of him, you still have those powerful negative emotions. You're not going to forgive him. No. If it's not an intrinsic change, yes, of course, you're going to hold Correct. on to it. And so from, from that perspective, he was really able to let it go. And he, he called his brother up and he sat down with him and talked to them. And they hashed it out. And whatever, they, at least they, they, they accepted where they were. Mm-hmm. And they were able to move on. And I think that's really what it is. The, the stronger negative emotions you have are linked to a perception that you have in the past. Because we can think this happened or he said that. And that's why I, I know I'm so mad at him. But how often do we think someone said something or did something and they didn't really do it? But we're so powerful, our perception. And then later on, sometimes we find out, oh, you know, he never really said that. And you go, oh, okay. <laughs> you just spent a year exactly. holding on to this and being so angry and talking about him behind his back because you thought he did that. And so our, our emotions are linked to our perceptions of the past. You know what's really interesting? Um, the word belief. So if I believe something to be true, the, uh, the antonym, if we go from a literary standpoint or, or a grammatical standpoint, the antonym for the word belief, or in other words, opposite for that, is actually the word truth. I was actually blown away when I, when I realized that a few years ago because... I would think, well, my belief, it's my perception, so therefore it's real. But the reality is, if you come from a grammatical standpoint, the word belief, the opposite of that is actually truth. And the reality is, is our perception is always tainted based on our own perception. And our perception is not always, is, is often skewed because we don't have all the information. So it is just an interesting thought to think what well, you believe when you use that word or are aware of your belief to know that it's actually not true or not 100% true. So even having that little glimmer of that awareness allows you to say, well, if it's not 100% true, what is truth? And that helps you seek out what truth is as opposed to what you perceive to be true. I, I couldn't agree more. Now, clearly, thoughts of the past that produce anger or even hatred you know, are simply based on our perception of what has happened in the past. And if we change that perception... You can start to get rid of the negative emotions connected with those mm-hmm. thoughts. Well, one thing I do want to say is from a psychological standpoint, there it's, and, I, and I'm sure you're, you're saying the same thing as well, is all emotions are part of us. All emotions are emotions. There's no right or wrong for it. It's the, the difficulty is, is once it, once it overtakes us and over, and then um, we become enslaved to it, that's when it becomes a negative part of it. But I think all emotions are used to express something, but when we get lost in it or it's overly expressed or it's overly, um, it's disproportionate, that's when it becomes the negative part of it. And that's when we get sucked, sucked into those past rooms or future rooms. Yeah, I think there's. I think that's true, and I I look at it as you know from the the emotions are based on our perception of our thoughts. So I look at it equally. Like our thoughts, there's not negative or positive thoughts. 
you can think about an event and you can remember that event, but the mo- the emotion, the, the power of that emotion is based on our perception and of that. What you do event. with it, sure. So think about what we you know, said. You're, you're, as you assume someone is talking about you. You got so mad because of that. You saw, you saw two people talking. It was right after you had a conversation or an argument with someone, and you're convinced that they're now talking bad about you to the other person. Mm-hmm. And, and you have this powerful emotion based on that thought of what you saw. Now you find out six months later that, oh, they, they weren't talking about you. Mm-hmm. Or that person was actually saying nice things about you. Yeah, and immediately it changes. It. <laughs> yes, it changes. But now when you recall that same event and that same thought, the emotions that are linked to that have changed because your perception of the situation, of the event changed. It used to be angry and, and, and resentful because you've, your perception was that he was talking negative. Now, when you think back about it, you go, oh, yeah, he was saying nice things about me. And now you have warm emotions. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So the emotions yep. change based on your perception. Exactly. Well, Kevin Murphy, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on my show today. I can't believe the time is already up. If my listeners would like to find out more information about you and to purchase this book, The Three Rooms, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life, where would they find this information online? Well, The Three Rooms is available on Amazon, just hitting up Kevin Murphy and The Three Rooms. And they can go to um, the website at www.thetheerooms.com. Excellent. So, Kevin, what my listeners know that I do as well is if they're not able to find your book on Amazon, simply go to the store at jamesmillerlifeology.com, and I will have the book there. One more time, The Three Rooms, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life in that storefront, and it'll link you directly with Amazon. Kevin, thank you so much for being an amazing guest on my show today. I really do appreciate your time. James, thank you very much for having me. I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with us today, or please go to my website where you may sign up for my free newsletter, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, or you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy where you can take self-directed courses which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. If you'd like to personally work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you soon.